If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za. I trust that you're going to be a friend who's going to guide us on some of the key concepts that many South Africans might be asking today. What does this budget mean for me? And I guess uh, first things first, of course, is to understand how we still play a heightened focus on social relief in South Africa. Thanks, Gugs. Uh, um, really, it's it's an important part and of this of this country. We know that there's so many people in this country who live sort of without income, and so the fact that the government continues to support uh, our grandmothers, our mothers who may not be earning a normal salary is quite a critical part for us. And you know, Gugs, most people have different views on whether we should continue with social grants or not, mm. and what level, and that's always an interesting question. But just if I may take it back to the middle class, most of us have got people we look after at home. And if we don't have social grants and social support, what it does is it means that actually the burden of looking after the people that we need to look after is fully on us. And mm. we need to sort of do the, 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 the support back home. So that's one thing. And I think the government has continued uh, to do that. And I really think that's the right call. And we've seen it being done in a disciplined manner, also not in a way that you would expect in a typical election year where people just do social grants and increase social grants just for populism, but it's been done in a very disciplined manner. Mm, very disciplined indeed, uh, even though I guess some might continue to bemoan the fact that the social relief or distress relief grant, the 350s, is something that's that's here to stay. But I guess if we contextualize this in the in the realm of the unemployment figures we saw yesterday, sluggish economic growth, uh, it really is necessary, I guess, just to make sure that the poorest of the poor in our economy have some sense uh, of economic viability. It's, it's, it's the right thing. I mean, I think if you know the government has been planning on looking at this basic income grant and uh, we've been waiting for this basic income grant. In fact, I was hoping that we'll see a bit more of a plan around what do we do with this basic income grant. Mm-hmm. Just think about this as society continue to develop and go into digital spaces. We're going to have more people potentially needing this uh, social grant yeah, or basic income grant. So I, in my view that I actually think we need more clarity as to the long-term plan that government is going to do to support those people. I mean, yesterday is to a point we saw in our labor states, if more people have lost their jobs. And again, we can't be a society that feels okay that there's people who can't earn because what it does is create a significant burden into the society, of course. Those of us who are employed, though, Tabani, don't have it too easy. There has been slight reprieve, but there's something called bracket creep uh, that could have its way without uh, taxes and our income. Absolutely, yes. Let me just take one step back. When we started um, the day, we were wondering of the three things, what are the three things that government could do? There were three options that the government could do. The first one is increase uh, income tax for a very specific group of people, typically those who earn above 500,000. That's where the government has be gone. And then secondly, the other option to increase that by about you know, uh, 0.5% or 50 basis points, which means we would have advertised 15.5% for everybody. Mm-hmm. And then the last one was what they've done. And if you think of the first two, and, and why I think government chose not to do them is that that would have impacted everybody, including the recipients of the social relief grant, because mm. that affects everybody in society. And then the second one is if you increase taxes to a very specific group of people who are already burdened by their, in the debt, their burden that I've spoken to you about, 
uh, interest rate increases, that would have been much more dire for that population and actually would have created a better school in that population that we need to spend and drive a bit of growth in, in, this, in, this, in, this, in this economy. So I think what government has done, they've chosen to do, is to keep taxes flat. But to your point is what we call the tax creep. In that mm. sense, we all get increases in our salaries uh, over, you know, you know, once a year at least, hopefully. And so what it does is that if the tax brackets have been kept the same, many of us will move up a tax range. And for those, just to make it simply for the viewers, for the listeners, if you air the tax bracket, let's just say 100 rands, that's saying you pay more after 100 rands, etc. 200 rands, you pay more, 200,000 rands, you pay more. If you get an increase you, and you're earning 190 and you get an increase that takes you to 205, then you're going to the next tax bracket which means you start to pay more. So that's how government will manage to increase taxes in the system and get more revenue, but without targeting one group of people, but at the same time minimizing the impact to the most destitute group of people as well. 100% very, very necessary. Tabani, I'm also keen to get your thoughts on uh, rooftop solar. For many South Africans, we are uh, bemoan the fact that we have load shedding. We've been able to access some resources and credit and support from banks and institutions like Standard Bank South Africa. Uh, and of course, maybe covered these gaps. And uh, last year, we heard about the, um, uh, I, I guess, uh, um, rooftop solar um, payback or incentive rebate. That's the word that we could qualify for. But seems as though this uh, is not lasting too long. Yeah, so we we knew that it was probably not gonna uh, last uh, long enough, and I think you know again in this in this difficult uh, thing that uh, the minister had to balance, which you know how do you create a bit of credibility in this budget, and where do you cut, and where do you give more that solves societal issues broader than a select grouping of people. So actually, many of us we all enjoyed a bit of solar, some of us, but in truth, it's not the bulk of South Africans who enjoy solar. So therefore, not many South Africans are getting that tax benefit. And so by actually trying to sort of support the other uh, energy providers at a broader level so you can drop the overall prices of the solar over time, that's putting more a sustainable mechanism that government is trying to use, which means, you know, you're dealing with macro-level issues to make sure, and what I mean by macro-level is dealing more broader situational issues but it impacts the consumer individually over time and you get more sustained electricity in this country. And I think that's what they had to sort of make a call between just sub- subsidizing us or actually getting the, the electricity sustained in the long term. And we don't have to then all try and invest in the longer term on you know energy um, supporting mechanisms like uh, solar and, and other uh, mm. Definitely. Tabani, to close off with, I can imagine that as a bank, this budget not only impacts us in our pockets, it impacts on big business, but it also impacts on how we actually uh, change or manage our financial behaviours. And on that note, I'm keen to understand, you know, as Standard Bank South Africa, how you continue to position yourself uh, to respond to the needs of of us as clients, consumers, whether as individuals or uh, as entrepreneurs in big business. Thanks, because you know, I would like to just take one step back just for a moment, if you don't mind, just to say, actually, what this budget gives us, it gives us this thing of what I call credibility. And in the long run, what it does for the country, it reduces the cost of funding, what the money that government pays from a borrowing, right? We need that, and this is what we think this budget will do. As we think it's going to create a bit more stability. The bond market will react positively to it, which means that government you know, it reduces the cost. And then it does one more thing for us, for the consumer, which is important, is that mm-hmm. it stabilizes the rent, 
right? The exchange rate. And that means the things we buy that we need as consumers are much more, are much, are don't increase as much as they increased in the last one. And that's so important for us because I think many investors are worried about that. So that helps us, gives us a bit of more confidence that we think that towards May down the line, we must start getting interest rate reduction. Because remember, we spoke about this when Fabric made the decision. And we're thinking now this will also ensure that. And so we think this will help us in that part. But what we think is that the relief will be slow. So what we have an obligation as a bank, number one, is to continue finding solutions to help many of the customers. So, for example, there were customers with help last year. We, we stopped in increasing the rate. We're looking and engaging those customers now to say, where are you? How are you? Can we help you not uh, increase your installment for another few months until the interest mm. is reduced? I think that's a very important part. And I think, by the way, we're not just the only bank that does it, but we want to do this thing to support the bank. We've also increased capacity, by the way, in many of our call centers to say, people must talk to us. You know, here wow. consistent. I'm always consistent and I always say this. We want people in this tight economy. It's going to last a bit longer than we expect. We're going to have to transvest a bit of the area of elections, etc. So we want people to be able to have help from their institution. And so we are increasing capacity. So people must be able to talk to us and engage us and, be, and, and, and so we can help them. The last part that I've actually been speaking to you about last time we spoke is that actually yes. in environments like this, even fraudsters are going out and scanning people. So oh, no. Because they know, they know that people are desperate and we've actually had people creating companies, fake companies, saying people must apply for loans, they're going to get loans, charging the money up front and then disappearing. People telling people that can solve you their problems. So what we're doing now is saying, that's not true. Just understand, be careful. Don't let people with that who are not registered. Go to your financial institution that are registered, that are in the National Credit Regulator Registration, that are credible, so that you can get the right help. Because people are paying a lot of money and their money never gets paid back and companies disappear and you stuck with a problem. And, you know, fraud does in a tough environment like this get very active in the environment. Mm. So what we're doing at a bank, trying to have more people give more education to just help people and avoid this horrible uh, you know, behavior that comes from the people who abuse the situation. 100%. Oh, Tabani, it's always amazing speaking to you to understand the full context of the environment we're in. You know, typically we say uh, the macroeconomic environment impacts our pockets and business, but you've really made it very practical for us to understand the various nuances around it. So thank you kindly for your time. If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za.